This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn, Capitol Bureau Chief and host of Under the Dome for this latest episode for the week of February 26th, 2024. We are just eight days away from the primary election, and today I have more of my interview with Republican candidate for governor, Dale Falwell, who is the state treasurer. Falwell is the long shot candidate, and I recently wrote a story about our interview and everything he said, but not all of it makes it into every story. So I wanted to bring you more in this podcast and some of uh more of the conversation on some of the answers that I'd, I'd gotten from him, uh, starting with really the biggest legislation that passed this past session of the General Assembly, which was Senate Bill 20, the Abortion Restrictions Bill. So here's our conversation around that, what Fulwell would do himself about abortion legislation, what he would want. And the conversation continues with Donald Trump's support of Mark Robinson and what Fulwell thinks about Robinson and Trump and how he would work with the Republican legislative leadership. So here's our interview. What is your position on what the abortion law should be in the state? I've always been pro-life with the three exceptions of rape, incest, and endangerment to the mother. But it's really important that when people sit down with you or with Travis or with your readers, that they don't say one thing in this room or to this camera that they say differently. So it's important that I tell your viewers and your readers of what I said five months ago, that I'm pro-life with the three exceptions, but I applaud all the effort that the women of the General Assembly put into this legislation. And if I'd been the governor of North Carolina, when that bill came to my desk, that I would have signed it. When you said pro-life with exceptions, do you have a, a, a time frame with the exceptions? Or so do you mean a, a total ban except for those three exceptions as far as? Personally, I've always been pro-life with the three exceptions. But I've said that that bill has a lot of things in it that have to do with how we help people after the baby's born. So I, what I've said publicly and what I say today is that I would have signed that legislation, period. So what, what would be your time frame for, for exceptions? If you, if you were the one writing the bill? I'm not the one running the bill. Okay. So... You said like what you believe then. So what do you believe there the time frame for exceptions should be? Because in the bill, they you know, they picked the a time frame, a number of weeks. Mm -hmm. What I've said is that based on the work that went into that legislation where no one got everything they wanted, that I would have signed and I agree with what the General Assembly ultimately passed that got vetoed that had to be overturned by the governor by the General Assembly. So if they put forth a bill that was a total ban, except for the three exceptions, which is what you think, would you sign that bill? I don't address 
hypothetical bills. I just I've I've been clear about how I feel personally. I don't envision the General Assembly's ever going to revisit this topic, and that's my stance. Do you think that they that they should revisit it? I mean that that's when you know when we've asked Berger and Moore about it, they said you know they can speak for this session and they don't know future sessions. Mm -hmm. So in another. Um, you know, the next legislative session? Is that something you would yeah. consider if you were if you were in office? My focus uh, as the next governor of North Carolina is to focus on the things that I'm going to focus on. Uh, Senator Berger and Speaker Moore have never asked me my opinion about this topic. So, What has your relationship been like with them? Of course, Moore is leaving since he's running for Congress mm -hmm. and whoever the next the next speaker is. Mm -hmm. um, what would how would you how, how would you see your relationship with them, with you as governor, and then Berger and whoever the next House Speaker is, assuming they, you know, still have still have control? How would you approach that, your governor? Uh, I'm going to approach it the exact same way I did with them when we were all in the minority party, the exact same way that I have with them when they became when we got into the majority, and then they became the supermajority. Uh, it doesn't matter how many Republicans are in the House and the Senate. I know who I am, I know who I love, and I know who I belong to. When I ask, when I have concerns or ask questions on any topic, then I have concerns and I ask questions about it. And I don't, there, there's no gaps between who I was as a school board member, a legislator, or assistant secretary of commerce, or as the keeper of the public purse, per Sarah as the governor. Mm -hmm. I think as I go across the state in my second job, which is to campaign, as I go across the state, what I'm finding is that people are exhausted. People are frustrated. People my age don't even really recognize the Republican Party and people your age don't even know what the Republican Party stands for anymore. Uh, and my point of saying that to you is that is that I'm never going to defer uh, to you, I'm not. I'm never not going to use the talents that God gave me uh, to see what needs to be seen, to hear what needs to be heard, and to act on what needs to be done. You talked about the Republican Party, and you know Robinson doesn't have the official Trump endorsement, but he's obviously seeking it. You know, he was at an event with with Trump uh, recently, and I assume is expecting an official in, endorsement. And, you know, follows in kind of in line with the MAGA wing of the party. Mm -hmm. do you, what do you think of that, that aspect of the party versus whether it's establishment or mainline mm -hmm. uh, Republicans and conservatives? Mm -hmm. And what do you see that a stark choice for voters and that, you know, that, that Robinson represents, you know, this um this wing of the party, where you're the different wing of the party, how do you, how do you how do you see that? I represent the entire party. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't know me. Uh, he sure doesn't know my work uh, because I've spent my entire public service career saving lives, saving minds, and saving money. This event that you're referring to, he couldn't even really remember what Mark Robinson had said, or where he said it, or who he said it to, uh, and that. He was a great speaker and compared him to Martin Luther King. So he compared someone to Martin Luther King when Mark Robinson himself has questions about the validity of Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. So it, all that's kind of odd. 
when that news hit, uh, number one, I never sought his endorsement and never expected to get it. In the last two presidential elections, I've received more votes than Donald Trump does did. And that's what I'm working on right now. What do you think of Trump? I didn't ask since we're speaking the day after Valentine's Day, and I just got asked about Valentine's Day. I didn't ask Donald Trump to be my Valentine. I'm not sure his wife did either. What I asked him to do was protect my border, protect my economy, and protect my neighborhood. And I thought he did a great job at that. You've been listening to my interview with Republican State Treasurer Dale Falwell, who is the long shot candidate in the Republican primary for governor, who's far outpaced in terms of polling and fundraising by Republican frontrunner Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who Falwell has some some pretty choice words about and just how this primary has been going. So after the break, you'll hear more from my conversation with Falwell about the Republican Party, about what he thinks conservatism should be, and what happens after primary day if he doesn't win. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You're listening to Under the Dome. From the News Observer, I'm State Capitol Bureau Chief Don Vaughn. You've been listening to parts of my interview with Dale Folwell, one of the three Republican candidates in the primary for governor, His opponents are Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson and Attorney Bill Graham. I asked him what this means for the party, and he was really candid in what he thinks about the state of the Republican Party has been lately and what the primary says about it. Also, what he thinks about conservatism and his future after primary day. So there's two more segments to listen to. And you can read more about uh, my discussion with Falwell at on our website, newsobserver.com. So here's more from our interview. What do you think this says about the Republican Party in North Carolina right now, that they're just two very or three different and Bill Graham, too, who has uh, Senator Tillis's endorsement, that the the three of you all are so are so different and and you have the mailers out you know uh, with the attacking robinson graham has the tv ads attacking robinson versus versus robinson so what do you think about what that shows about what republicans are thinking now whether it's the voters or lawmakers or you know funding groups the republican party's a mess and it is not the Republican Party that I've joined nearly 50 years ago. That Republican Party was based on conservatism, which means to conserve. Common sense, not so common. Courtesy, which means answering your telephones if you're a public servant. Humility, which means when things go wrong, you disclose them. And you try to figure out how to make, it, make sure it doesn't happen again. But only your mistakes. That's what humility and ethics. Ethics is not only what you do when no one's watching, but it's also what you do when the powerful forces want you to let the other way. 
I think the real differences here are not necessarily about the Republican Party, because the Republican Party of North Carolina is not the number one party, not the number two party, we're the number three party. And the reason is that we have counterfeit conservatives. Counterfeit conservatives who say one thing when they're applying for these offices, they point the mirror out toward the voter. And then the night they get elected, they point the mirror back toward themselves and they keep it there. They ingratiate themselves. They create a whole separate lifestyle of, uh, and they increase their net worth as a result of being a public servant. So at the end of the day, the majority of people do not have a name on the back of their church. As the next governor of North Carolina, I'll be leading the Republican Party back to those principles that I just previously mentioned. And that's the party that I joined nearly 50 years ago. So people have a choice to your question of hate versus hope. I don't think anyone should expect to get elected statewide in this state by telling people who to hate. And Mark Robinson is history's latest example of someone who tries to tell people who to hate. Uh, secondly, I think it's important to realize that it's also not about rage, but about courage. Uh, it's ironic that the word rage is inside the word courage. And I asked my wife what C-O-U-R meant. She said it beats you the heart. So the talents that I breathe to be the next governor of North Carolina is the vision to see. And as a Quaker, once you see something, you cannot see it. The humility to listen. And I want to be very clear about what that means. What's wrong with our society right now is that we have not only counterfeit conservatives, but we also have this conflict entrepreneurs who are making hundreds of billions of dollars on keeping this society and our country separated. There's too many problems right now for us to do that. So uh, at the end of the day, COUR meets from the heart. So it's the vision to see, the ability to listen, not to, not to react, but to understand and the courage not just to see what needs to take place, but to actually do it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, anytime someone's sitting in a county jail, you know, for a large part of that stay, they're being financed by the property taxpayers and property tax rates are going up. There's so many opportunities and uh, it's important for me to say, conservatism should be fun. It's also. Saving is fun. I mean, everybody in this whole office at some point in the day brags about how they saved on something. A BOGO here, a sale there, whatever. It is fun to save. And my focus has been on saving lives, saving minds, and saving money. And I've done all those things in my public service career. Not only is conservatism, it's fun to conserve. It's also fun to fix. I'm a... Lifelong motorcycle mechanic, I did that for a living um, for many years, especially when I was taking classes at Winston-Salem State and UNCG. So I'm, I'm saying to you that it is fun to save and it's fun to fix.
and I'm great at both those things. Do you still ride your motorcycle? I do. Um, so early voting started today as, as we're talking. Are you going to early vote? Or are you going to vote on Election Day? I'm going to do my job as the state treasurer and the keeper of the public purse. I have meetings all the way up until 2 o'clock on Election Day, uh, chairing the local government commission where we're considering some very uh, important topics. Uh, and then I'll be driving to Raleigh and joining the most unbelievable person I've ever met, <clears throat> my wife, and we will go as a team and we will vote. We didn't talk about public education and the bigotry of low expectations in our public schools and the fact that every job I've had since I was 10 years old, even as a paper boy or as a garbage collector or motorcycle mechanic, I now realized that the people that I was doing that for, I was the most important person in their life. And I've never felt more prepared to be the governor of North Carolina based on all the nature and all the nurture that I've built up over those years. And I think it's important that we have a governor that will conserve, be courteous, humble, have a degree of humanity and, and ethics. So I'll be joining her and I will say that she's been an incredible partner. And now when I think about my life uh, and my mom's life and our life together, I think about those five instances where, but for a split second, something could have, my direction could have gone much differently. So I'm not a victim of anything. Um, I've had choices and I've had chances. And thanks to people who expected the best out of me and wanted the best for me, uh, I'm in a position to apply for the job to be the governor of North Carolina. If you, if you don't win the primary, what's your, obviously you're still treasurer through the, the mm -hmm. end of the year. Um, what, what else would, would you support whoever the nominee is or campaign for them? If that's Robinson or Graham, would you, are you interested in other, you know, political future if, if you don't move past the primary? Well, I have the energy of a teenager. Uh, roll from 5 a.m. every morning to almost midnight every day, and I'm blessed to have that at, at, at my age, at 65. Uh, there's still a lot to fix, uh, and I expect to be the nominee, and I expect to be the next governor. That's my direct answer to your question. Um, but secondly, I'm so comforted during this process because I know who I love and I know who I am and I know who I belong to, that that's all, that's enough for me. Thanks for listening to my interview with Dale Falwell, North Carolina state treasurer, former state house member, long time uh, serving in public office who's wanting his next step to be governor. My headliner of the week to, to wrap up our episode also has to do with the office of the governor and the fact that Democratic Governor Roy Cooper was out of the state this past week in Washington, D.C. for the National Governors Association Group 
uh, conference and Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, whose role means that he is actually acting governor when the governor is out of town, was also in D.C. for CPAC. So who's on down the line from there? And of course, Capitol Prescott reporters are on the case. And it looks like state law calls for the House Speaker because the Senate president would be next after the lieutenant governor, except the lieutenant governor is the Senate president. And of course, Phil Berger is the Senate president pro tem. So that's my headliner. The next time you hear from us, we will be right on the cusp of primary day. And you'll hear from me and others on our politics team giving you last minute information about the primary election. For the News and Observer, I'm Don Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and sign up for our weekly political newsletter, also called Under the Dome, at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.